Hello and welcome to another episode of the Koshcast on underthekoshblog.com and at under underscore the Kosh on Twitter. My name is Alex. Bernie is here. Hello, Alex. And currently peering into a broken dishwasher. Yeah. Uh, is there a football pun in here? Like, is there is there a football dishwasher pun somewhere? Put it in the mixer. Something like that. Sure, let's go with that. Yeah, that's right. I'm in the mix. <laughs> and Roche is here. Roche, welcome back to the pod. Hello, hello. Thank you very much for the warm welcome. It has been a long time. For the record, Roche was suspended for drugs for like, a year. <laughs> Failed a doping test. I, I Failed forgot to show the doping up. test. Rio Ferdinand style, or could be worse, you know? <laughs> yeah, what was his ban? 18, was it 18 months? Nine. I thought it was eight, eight months. Yeah, so eight or nine months for missing the test. Okay, so he got the same amount of time as Cantona got for kicking someone in the head. For kicking a xenophobe in the head. Oh, listen, I agree with the move. <laughs> I'm just saying. I feel like Rio got harshly treated. Do you think they would have shown that moment on VAR in today's game? 100%. Well, after nine o'clock, at least. I, I talk about like the Cantona kick, like... Like, yeah, would they the have zoomed into food. the person's face to see if he said anything xenophobic and then reduce the band? <laughs> <laughs> just, just, just the nature of the, uh, you know, the kung fu kick, the violence. Like, are they going to re-show that? Because, you know, they show tackles, loose tackles, a little shove here and there. But that was a that was a kung fu kick on a fan. Like, I don't know if they would show that again. I'm not even sure that they did show the video of it back then. I feel like maybe we just got, like, still images of it happening. But it was so, such a long time ago. I don't know. Either way. That guy deserved to get kick, kicked in the head. I'm pretty sure he went to prison. I think he might now be dead, but I could be wrong. Great. Well, I hope you're right. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's a very specific thing to know, Alex. But <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to look that up later. Um, I wish I remember the guy's name. Anyway, uh, he's gone, and so are a lot of managers. It's, it's, the, it's the fortnight of sackings. There have been so many sacks that you might as well be in a potato factory. It's unbelievable stuff. So what was the first one? Uh, I think it was Spurs sacked Conte, and then we're interested in Tuchel, so Bayern sacked Nagelsmann, and then Spurs were interested in Nagelsmann, so Chelsea sacked Potter, because they're also interested in Nagelsmann, and then Leicester sacked Rodgers, and anything? am I missing any? No... Um, but probably by the time people hear this, Moyes will be sacked, so... Oh, yeah, 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 100%. We, we speak to you after West Ham have just been absolutely battered by Newcastle, 5-1. Um, I, I, if Moyes has a job tomorrow, I'll be very surprised. Uh, Roche, is this the end of David Moyes at West Ham? You know, it's, it's hard to say, um, you know, if, whether it's just a really bad season for Moyes or not, because... They did really well last season, and obviously it hasn't been all smooth sailing this season. They've had 15 losses in the league. Goal difference is minus 13. Jared Bowen is nowhere near his previous form. But if they sack him, I mean, they're 15th right now, and, and they're very close to the relegation zone. So I feel like they should stay with Moyes because everyone else seems to be looking for a new manager bounce. But if we've learned anything, it, it's not a guarantee this season, at least, that you're going to get that new manager bounce. That's true. So, Are you thinking they might get an old manager bounce? Actually, Crystal Palace got an old manager bounce. That's true, actually. <laughs> they did. <laughs> um, yeah, like, they are 15th, but they're also on the same points as Bournemouth, who are in the relegation zone. But they have a game in hand. 
I don't know. Maybe you let him try and win that game in hand, and if he doesn't, then you sack him. But also, who's left to a point? Like that Lester. is there's literally no like you need if you're gonna get if you're gonna sack Moyes, right? You need a relegation dogfight specialist, of which there's nobody anymore. So, to me, I don't know why you would do this. Like, I don't, I don't see the point in sacking him. I think you stick with him until the end of the season because, by the way, he is a relegation avoided specialist. He did this for West Ham at, at a point. So he did it with Sunderland, I think, at a point as well. So he got relegated with Sunderland. Never mind. So <laughs> hmm. <laughs> you you keep Moyes and you run with it is the best that I think that they can do right now. I don't think it gets much much better because what else can you do? I, I don't I just don't see it. Like you're gonna have Noble yeah. do it to do what? G up the boys? Like come on, I, mate. I'm in favor of Mark Nobes and Joe Cole as assistant. <laughs> Absolutely. Um but but to your point, right? Leicester sacked Brennan Rogers. They're also in danger of getting relegated. I mean, they're very much in danger of getting relegated. They want Graham Potter. Potter need, wants a break, so said no to immediately taking the job. And in the meantime, Leicester are literally considering Martin O'Neill. Wow, that's a blast from the past. Martin O'Neill. Oh. Like, they're going to have to reach, rename the stadium back to Filbert Street if they bring him in. You know, I've, I've, I'm looking right now at the latest results for West Ham United, and I just noticed that they actually played Newcastle on the 4th of February. They drew 1-1, and that was away from home. And today, they lost 5-1 to Newcastle two months later. Um, you know, and I, I don't know what happened in between the two results. Maybe this was a freak result or not, but they won their last game. They drew the one before. Maybe Newcastle are just in, you know, bang in form right now, which is also probably they just beat United 2-0. Yeah. So, Be, yeah. Newcastle. No, I, think right. I think Newcastle are are banging form. They had a little bit of yeah. a fallow period there. I think, as you said, probably in February, they were struggling to score goals, and now they're banging them in left, right, and center. Yeah, I think Newcastle have won uh, four games on the trot. Jesus, so, good for them. Back yeah, in third place. Think... it's a good time to be a Geordie, as the song goes. Honestly, it's like United it's a bit depressing. United beating them in that Carabao Cup final, like, G'd them up because they hadn't won a game. They were drawing everything. They hadn't won a game. They they sang their song, wasted their time, and now they're like, oh, shoot. We have to get something out of the season considering, you know, we're Saudi state-backed. How would it look if we didn't get into the Champions League and then can't buy big players later? So Honestly, though, yeah. they're not going to get a better opportunity to do it because, like, you look at the other teams that are supposed to be in contention – Spurs horrendous at the moment. Liverpool and Chelsea horrendous at the moment. Brentford aren't going to make it. Villa are absolutely flying under Unai Emery and are somehow now in contention for a Champions League place if they put a few, few win, few more wins together. And then Brighton genuinely are in the race at this point. So, like again, Newcastle are never going to have a better opportunity than this. You have to assume that Liverpool and Chelsea will be a lot better next season. Definitely. Uh, yeah, you're absolutely Why? bang on about Aston Villa as well. Aston Villa have won five out of the last six games. Pretty crazy for him. Ollie Watkins, Ballon d'Or candidate. <laughs> I, I, I don't know if we should make the assumption that Chelsea will be better. Todd Bowley's still going to be around. <laughs> <laughs> that I don't is know, true. man. <laughs> All right. Uh, you know what? I, I'm on the diving board. 
Chelsea are below me. I'm diving in, right? This is absolutely fucking sensational. So, they sack Graham Potter because he loses 2-0 to Villa, which, at this point, is no great shame because Villa are great. But So they sack Graham Potter, and then they're like, trying to get Nagelsmann in, maybe getting Luis Enrique. They want to talk to everyone. And in the meantime, someone tell me what they've done. So, I, <clears throat> sorry, allow me because this is, this, this is wonderful stuff. So, Luis Enrique submits a dossier, yeah? This morning, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Fabrizio Romano and I think Orsine were like, Luis Enrique is in the running. Chelsea really like him. He is really into it. And I thought, actually, it's a great idea. I like Enrique. I think he did a good job at Barcelona. I think he would do a good job here. And, you know, Kepa could could, could actually be useful. I thought all these good things. And the dossier is always a good touch, right? When someone throws in a long PowerPoint and then you go, oh, great. Apparently detailed about every single player and how you can improve oh, them. Sure. style, That kind of thing. But Boldy clearly has <laughs> sixth grade English uh, reading <laughs> skills. So he, he saw the dossier and went, nah, I can't do that. Which is probably why no. he's not read any single scouting report any of the Brighton people he hired gave him. He just went, who, are, who do Arsenal want? Let's do that. <laughs> so they decided, nope, this is too much work. Let's go get Frank Lampard as our caretaking manager. For nine games. Wow. Please. It's actually Please. unbelievable. It's like one of the most bizarre decisions I think I've ever seen a football club take. Like, yes, what, I, what? Sorry, go on, Roche. I was just going to say, yeah, when the news broke that they were seriously considering Frank, I was just, just kind of wondering, you know, why? Well, first of all, what are your reasons for giving Frank these extra nine games here? Is it because he's a club legend? Is it because he's his dad played for the club? Like you know, I I I don't know, I don't know how he's connected to this club, or maybe he's got someone's nudes. Like I, I just can't understand why they would bring Frank Lampard back. It's like they want him specifically to succeed, even though he's just yeah. terrible as a manager. Yeah, I yeah, I mean it is because he's a club legend. Because on the face of his managerial record, you would never appoint him to do anything. Like you just wouldn't. Um, he was horrendous at Everton. He was pretty bad at Chelsea. I mean, he was all right for a while. Um, but but more to the point, like Lampard failed and was sacked at Chelsea after managing mostly these players. Like Obviously, Chelsea have a bunch of new players, but they also have a lot of players who were there under him. So that's just a bit awkward. And then what is the upside here? Like If he does quite well, if he, if he exceeds any his expectations, then it becomes really awkward to sack him because he's a club legend. And you're like, well, now we don't know what to do because um, we have this big project. We've got all the money in the world and Frank Lampard's a coach and he's done quite well. And if he doesn't do well, you just look like fucking idiots because you've appointed a shit coach. Yeah, this is exactly, everyone knew was shit. This is a great point that you bring up, Alex, because that's exactly what happened for Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, except... He wasn't reappointed as a manager, but mm. when he was appointed, he won his first 11 or so games in a row and it was a completely different club. And then it was an awkward conversation. They had to give him the job. They gave him the job and over time, it just kind of reached a sad ending eventually. But but now Lampard is facing that same question exactly. Like if they give him these games, if he's crap, I don't think he's going to get another chance. 
if he's good, then they have to commit and they have to commit after, you know, these remaining nine games. So it's a, mm-hmm. it's very Chelsea, actually. It's very on brand for Chelsea with the new ownership this season to be very decisive, but not necessarily smart. With, with Lampard, it should not matter how well he does. I don't care if he wins nine games in a row. Do not give this man a job. It is very different yeah. to any other caretaker situation that we've seen. Even very different to the Avram Grant situation, where the players are coaching themselves. Like, Legend. It's a very, very different thing. The social thing is very different. In that, he, like this was supposed to be a holdover until something else did really well, blah, 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 whatever. If Lampard was to like take a team that was out of the Champions League and then finish third and second, you'd, you'd applaud him for it. But we already know we've seen this man. <laughs> we've seen what he can do, and it's not very good. So <laughs> it wouldn't like this is the equivalent in my mind of Arsenal going to. Uh, no, it's not. I was going to say Arsenal. It's the equivalent of uh, Spurs bringing back Tim Sherwood for a caretaker. Yes. Role and then going, hey Tim, give us grit like right now, Spurs right now, bringing Tim Short and saying, see us the rest of the season, you're as, as a caretaker, and then people going, if he does well, we'll give him the job. You already know this <laughs> shit. <laughs> it's true, and also like Goose Hiddink is free. That guy's doing nothing. You could just get him to reprise his classic role of successful caretaker. Well, there's doing. also Carlo Ancelotti. Sorry to interrupt there, Bernie, but well, he's uh, I think he's going to get sacked, isn't he? Why? For what? I heard rumors that Ancelotti was getting sacked this season, but that was a few weeks ago, and that was before today's walloping 4-0 win, of course. So Yeah, I mean, you can never rule it out, but he's, I don't know, he seems to be doing an excellent job, although he has been linked to the Brazil job, which would be quite funny. But Ancelotti says he'll stay at Real Madrid for as long as they let him. Oh, good man. He's that's actually a very good move from him politically. Which is like one more year on his contract or something. So like whatever. <laughs> I, I want him to take over Canada when he's done. So he lives in Vancouver. He needs to do it. What's Brazil? Not a bad Brazil won't get it's no it's no fun. Exactly. Um yeah, I'm not I'm not done making fun of Chelsea yet. I, I just think like Frank Lampard walks into the room and like what what does Enzo fucking Fernandez think? What, what like why is this inspiring to Michaela Mudrik? Uh, why what like who's gonna take this guy seriously? It's just I just don't understand it. I don't understand on any level, and I think it's absolutely hilarious. I mean, firstly, Michaela Mudrik isn't taken seriously by anyone in the first place. I I I. I... <sighs> I think about it and I just laugh. It's just, oh my goodness, who like who was supposed to be like they just sacked Potter's entire backroom staff? Like, is that no? Is that, that, most of them it? are still there. So then let them do the goddamn job. Like, what's the big deal? You could literally let the kit man do it for nine games. Like, you can't. This is the thing. If they were if they were in the race for top four or something, and the last nine games mattered, fine. Then make an appointment. But the last, it does, doesn't matter. You're not going to get relegated. You're not making top four. It doesn't matter whether you make Europa League or Europa Conference bullshit. Like, it just doesn't matter. So why do this? Yeah. Stupid, stupid club. Stupid, stupid, stupid bully. Oh, my goodness. Well, the Enzo, <laughs> Enzo Fernandez is, a, is an entire conversation in itself. But, you know, if La- if Enzo Fernandez is seeing Frank Lampard 
Chelsea legend, legendary midfielder come into the club. Maybe that's going to help him develop better in terms of, you know, how he's going to perform in the Premier League. Maybe that's one positive from it. But why, but honestly, why would that be the case, though? Uh, you know, these players, they do take on role models. Or so I mean, that's just that's just what I think could possibly be one positive sure. to take from it. But I don't even think Lampard is that much of a tactician or technical. So I don't really know how he's yeah. going to work with the entire squad. So it's, it's possible that some of these new signings are going to get the boot. Maybe. He might like, rely yeah, on Ruben Loftus-Cheek. Ruben Loftus-Cheek, Raheem Sterling. Uh, who, who, else, who else is there? Shalaba's coming uh, back in. Broha will get a game. <laughs> Broha's injured. Like, still might get a game. Uh, yeah, Rich James might pop up in a wheelchair and, and show up and play games. Like, it's just nonsense. It's just absolute nonsense. Like, Alex, we actually gave Chelsea way too much time because, like, Newcastle beat West Ham 5-1 and we just talked about Moyes. But that's an aside. Like, Chelsea are just the worst football club right now. And I guess, yeah, I don't know. I'm upset. No, it's very entertaining. And you're right. Newcastle do deserve their flowers. I'm just I'm just a bit annoyed by Newcastle because I thought, I thought we'd have more time, you know? I thought <laughs> that they'd be you know, gradually improving for the next few years, and then we'd have to start talking about them seriously. But turns out that even with half a squad of not very good players, they're really bloody good and are probably making top four and barring some sort of disaster. They're already uh, there. I have a fun fact for you in, in terms of making fun of Chelsea. So they only have one win against the teams in the top 10. They're in 11th place. And they only yeah. have one win against the teams in the top 10. That was in October 16th against Aston Villa, a 2-0 away Jesus. win. Only losses and draws for that all teams grim. in the top 10 since then. That is grim. Yeah. Excuse me, I have to close my window for a second. Sure. Don't, don't let Lampard in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just like... It's going to be interesting to see what what Newcastle do over the summer because it would be it would be quite easy. I mean, the the signs are that they're very sensible about what they what they're doing with in the transfer market and what have you. But it it would be quite easy to upset what they've done so far by bringing in flashy signings. Um, so, and when when all of their players are playing well, like they are. It's also then difficult to just kind of bomb them out of the team for someone better because you can afford them. So I don't know. I'll be interested to see. Uh, honestly, Howe's done much better than I expected. Yeah, I'll, I'll 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 give you that. I'll give you that. I uh, I enjoyed when they had that run of form as we talked about, and it brought them down a peg. Um, I also thought that after Liverpool defeated United 7 nothing, that that coincided with Newcastle's drop in form, that Liverpool would bump the way mm. back up. But, you know, it's Newcastle are proving that crime does pay uh, in, in the end. <laughs> um, so uh, maybe United needs to go the Qatari route um, as a result. But, um, <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, they're annoying. Chelsea are annoying because they're trash. Liverpool are annoying because they're always annoying. Spurs are annoying because they're always annoying. Yeah. They, I guess as a result, Newcastle, the, 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 if they're being state-owned annoying but being run well, uh, they're, they're the best of the annoying bunch. I'll give them that. Fair enough. Liverpool, 
got battered by Man City 4-1 and then drew 0-0 with Chelsea. Um, is it is it enough to say just like buy a new midfield in the summer, which I one would assume they do, or do you think Bruce that Klopp is at the end of a cycle and needs to be replaced? Like, where are you on the on the spectrum? Yeah, I mean that's a million dollar question. Um, and personally, we've seen this before with Klopp. You know, he his teams start really well; they're really committed, they're really motivated, and over time, it's not possible to sustain such a level. And we've seen that this season with Liverpool. It's been quite a drop off from their super team that was winning every game for over a year. Mm-hmm. So I think that they do need to freshen it up. They might have some players that are maybe past their prime a little bit, especially in their midfield, but. Um, I do think that they could benefit from a break from Klopp. And, you know, it's not to say that Klopp may never come back to Liverpool, but maybe it's good for them to shake it up for a little bit. So I'm sitting more on the Klopp out wagon. Mm. And it will be interesting to see what, what actually takes place. <laughs> a lot of managers about, have been sacked, so you never know. That's true. What about Klopp on gardening leave? Klopp gets a sabbatical. <laughs> but yeah, Klopp, yeah. Klopp gets Klopp a sabbatical. for a year. There you go. What do you guys think about it? I so like I I think I think you're right, and I think maybe they do need a break from Klopp. But I also think that you're not going to find a better manager for Liverpool. So I yeah, I would send him to a, an enforced beach retreat, and then let the assistant or whatever take over for a year, or some club legend get you know wheel Kenny Dalglish out for a year if you need to, and then just you know do a little bit of a reset. I think it depends, like, he states that he's committed, right, to the cause. Um, It reminds me a little bit of Dortmund, where, you know, they came off really big high, and then everything started to fall apart for them, right? So it's mirroring that, except he doesn't want to, like, fall on his sword this time, it seems. And Mm -hmm. what they need is to bring someone who will handle the transfers because since Michael Edwards left or at least it was clear he was going to leave, some focus went away. Now, that's not to say they haven't had some shitty signings under that guy because Naby Keita leaving for free this summer and Oxlade-Chamberlain was signed by, by that man as well. But it's just some fundamental mistakes that have been made by that club that we called out, I want to even say two years ago. You know, like we keep saying it, and we said it with when Omar was here, the midfield is just rubbish at this point. Mm-hmm. Like it's not, it's not fit for purpose. You went from Wijnaldum who was energetic and could help out Trent, and Henderson was young and mobile and Fabinho was young and mobile to Fabinho being just, he aged 10 years in 12 months. It's ridiculous. Yep. Like Henderson, yep. he's, he was always supposed to decline. It's there. He's over 30 at this point. And then uh, who's uh, Wijnaldum you sold. You brought on in Thiago was Alcantara. not a sensible signing. Milner. Like he's 30 million for a 29 year old who was injured all the time. Milner is just ancient. Like, how was this supposed to work? Like, yeah. what faith well, does Alexander it, Arnold. Have, well, we'll get to him. We'll get to him. But they had this faith in Bajicic or however you say his name and uh, Harvey Elliott. Come on, man. Like, you needed to actually spend serious money on that midfield and not bring Arthur Mello on loan. Like, Still as much as you have Gakpo, they didn't need Gakpo and Diaz and Daro Nunes and Jota and Salah and Firmino. You didn't need all that. Mm-hmm. You could have used that money better, in my opinion. And, Roche, please, 
we, we've you, everyone's heard my thoughts on Trent Alexander Arnold. Why mm-hmm. don't you haven't been here for a while? Why don't you give your thoughts and then if it's if your thoughts are shit, I'll just jump all over it. If it is, <laughs> I'll, I'll agree with you. No, yeah, I mean it's it's a mysterious case in in football. What happened to Trent Alexander Arnold? I know that um, you know when he busted out. I mean, uh, you know, Alex is his hand up, but <laughs> he he was incredible. Like he, he used to cross a ball like we used to say. This is the the we haven't seen a ball being crossed like this since David Beckham. What high praise he received, and Liverpool were unstoppable for over a year because of their wing back, wing backs in Robertson and Trent. So are they just unmotivated right now because? Uh, you, you know, he forgot how to defend. Like, how does a how does a professional footballer with that much experience forget how to defend when he's in his arguably his prime years physically to develop as a player? So, there's got to be something wrong that's that's in his head more than anything else. It can't be his skill. So, th- I mean, th- this has teed me up for my standard Trent Alexander Arnold defense speech, which I will try to do briefly, um, which everyone's heard before. But basically, like. He's a midfielder, right? He's not actually a defender. And he's playing it right back because when he came into the team, that's what they needed, and his delivery is is unbelievable. So that's that's for a start. You can only have someone who can't defend at right back if you have, as Bernie was talking about, the midfield that can protect the defense, right? Like Liverpool's whole thing when they were good was mad pressing so that the opposition really never has much time on the ball and... If the team can't do that anymore, then the defense gets more exposed. And that's what we've seen this season because the midfield can't press. The front three don't press like they used to because they're not as coordinated as as it was when it was Mane, Salah, Firmino. Um, And so it's not that Trent's gotten any worse at defending. He was never good at defending. It's just got way more exposed now. Um, And when Liverpool have the ball less, he has the ball less. And so you see less of the attacking Trent as well. Um, He also may just be tired like we, we've spoken before about how Liverpool have not had a backup right back for Trent for years literally since he came to the team there was there's never been a backup for Trent it's just Joe Gomez once in a while and he's not any good and never really plays there that's absolutely right like you mentioned squad depth like when they were in their super cycle of results they were actually not rotating the squad too much so that's yeah. that's absolutely true and also I mean, I mean I've brought this up independently several times over the course of the season when we've been worrying like what's happened to Liverpool, Mane's departure has also made a big difference for them. Even though they have this surplus of attackers, none of them matched Mane's skill and exceptional talent that he brought to that team. Yeah, I think I think yeah. that, that I mean, has something to do with it, especially when you coinc- when it coincides with like I get it, the last couple of years Salah has racked up the numbers, but I, I think we can all agree his overall play has not been entirely convincing. And Liverpool are that team where when the unit work like the unit everyone has to work. It's very difficult when one or two pieces are having off seasons or not at full full tilt. And yes, if you don't protect um Trent, you have a very, very big big gap. Alex is not wrong. Roche is not wrong. I'm not wrong. All those things are true. He's a shit defender. He's a great attacking talent. He used to be a midfielder. Sure, 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 sure. But he himself said he was a he was a good defender, and and people were overrating his. Like, He's got a back himself. So, yeah, I mean, he said after Rashford destroyed him like in 2018 that he learned he's a better defender. I'm like, no, you're not. <laughs> you're rubbish. But anyway, <laughs> he's not the cause of their problems, which you know Klopp is right about that, but. To me, you give it one more season, but you also really need FSG or whoever it is to really like 
pull their finger out and like sort mm-hmm. out that midfield and also sort out the defense because Konate, 41 million for a guy who's per, like injured that much, considering Van Dyke's decline. How stupid was that? It was just so stupid. I don't know. I, I feel like. He like Kanate is brilliant. He's just never fit. So I feel like if you if you have faith, I don't know. If you know more about the injuries and you think you can sort them out, then it's a gamble worth taking. Like forty million is not that much these days, but it would hasn't you do it worked in FM, out. Alex? Would you do it in FM? If the no, because on FM, out, if it says injury, if it says injury prone, I'm I don't go anywhere near them. <laughs> that's my point. You're a better man than cop right now. There you go. <laughs> well, that's that's always been the case, to be fair. Um, but yeah, I, I, if I'm Liverpool, I go I go hard for Bellingham, and if I can't get him, I go Casado, and maybe I do both if I can. I mean, you probably can't because someone else will buy one of those. But you need two, and then you probably need like Kim and Jay. And if you get two top central midfielders and a top defender, you might be all right. Yeah, that's a lot of players. Two central Three. midfielders, two defenders. And one of those central well, midfielders is Jude Bellingham, of course. Yeah, ideally. But sorry, yeah, you're right. So two central midfielders, one centre back at least, and then a right back so that Trent doesn't get run into the ground every season. Liverpool are no not shopping in the Bellingham market at this point because they're shit. Like Tillemans, they're gonna try though. They'll try. I'll end up with Tillemans for free. So mm, no, you need someone <laughs> that can run a little chubby cherub. Well, the reason why they 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 ended up with this this super team, I mean, not to you know beat a dead horse, but they scouted really well. They made some good signings, which was at the time uncharacteristic for them, and they also faced some questions over you know the Van Dyke signing. But now they've got a surplus of attackers who they've repeatedly been signing attackers. They haven't done anything for the rest of their team, so mm-hmm. you know now the question marks are starting to appear again. Not sure if there's been changes in their scouting personnel or not, but that's actually quite yeah. striking. Yeah, there has. Okay, can yeah. I- um top top who, are, who top, give me order i need your order okay because van dyke has been shit on and off for two years but shit top five center backs and i want top five right backs order because this is a this is about where we view van dyke and trent just because i've had this agenda for years so this is this order. is right now Right yeah. now, definitive list, all-time Premier League order right back. Oh, all, wait, Sorry. all time. Sorry, so not, not, not right Sorry, now. Is it all time or is it all time. this season? All time. All time, all time. Premier he, League he was, he was listed as one of the best all time. So I want to know top five all-time center backs in order. Because we're going to end this uh, debate right here, right in now. In order? <laughs> That's a tough one to come up with, but didn't Liverpool also, well, their fans also say that um, Jordan Henderson was the best midfielder of all time? I mean, it's between it's between him and you know Pele. <laughs> <laughs> the, um, the guy on, on Liverpool channel who actually said unpopular opinion: Jordan Henderson is better than Paul Scholes, and I want to drive up to his house and just like. <laughs> Throw a brick through the through the wall and hit him in the head with it. This should have like it's a, a "Where is he today?" segment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Just it can be him and the dude that Cantona kicked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, Bernie, we're doing Premier League defenders, right? Or are we doing I'll, all I'll, defenders? I'll, I'll you, I'll, Premier League. I'll give you mine. Okay. I'll give you mine. Uh, Nemanja Vidić. 
on my list. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'll, I'll give an order before Van Dyke because I can't say order of how good they are. But just name Manu five: <laughs> John Terry, Nuranovic, John Terry, Rio Ferdinand, Sol Campbell, and Carvalho. All five. I've got Campbell, Adams, Vidic, Terry, Stam. Interesting. I'd put Adams I've above got... Van Dyke as well. I'll put Stam above Van Dyke as well. So he he's not like top five. Number... Yeah, he's not, interesting, not interesting. for me. At his peak, he absolutely could have been, but the longevity of all these other guys that we're talking about just rules him out. Did you have Campbell? Yeah. Okay. I did not have Campbell. Um, but I, I I did have Stam, so I had yeah, so I had uh, Vidic, then I had Terry Rio, and then I had Stam, and okay. then so the, I mean there's obviously this huge United bias here, but uh, and then the th- last one was kind of open, but um, I think you guys have mentioned the fifth. You've mentioned Campbell. I didn't have Campbell. I think I rated when Bernie mentioned Carvalho. I think Carvalho peak in that 2004 season was much better than Sol Campbell. And I can't really think of anybody else that filled that fifth spot, but it's definitely not Van Dyke. There's definitely somebody else in there before him. But I'll think about that and, and circle back. Ivan Campo. <laughs> Both Wanderers legend. Matthew Upson. <laughs> Bruno Hungotti. Johnny um, Evans. <laughs> for, what uh, what was the other position you wanted to do, Bernie? Right back. Is Trent the right best back. right back of all time in the Premier League? No. Uh, well, that's my gut reaction, but who's better? Um, <laughs> Your gut reaction was, how dare you bring that up? <laughs> so you've got Laurent. Okay. You've got, I mean, Gary Neville. <laughs> I mean, he did okay, a job. Stephen Finnan. He gets a bad rap. Why? <laughs> Who? Why does Gary Neville get a bad rap? He was very reliable for 20 years. What's no, he was very, very good. The problem is his face and things he says on television. <laughs> well, things he says on television post-Valencia post job. It was pre-Valencia yeah. job, they were very good. <laughs> That's true. Uh, right, Bex. Um <clears throat> I think Bakari Sanya was excellent, but probably doesn't. Is he top five? Mm. Uh, I'm going Neville, San- um, not Sanya, Laurent and Trent. Hang on. Who who did Chelsea have at right back? Paulo Ferreira? No. Basingua. Basingua. <laughs> that was after that was after the uh the, the season where they conceded fifteen goals though. It was somebody else at right back. Yeah, it was Paulo okay, Ferreira. Actually actually I'll I'll re I'll re here's here's what I'll say. The best right back of all time in Premier League is Kyle Walker. And then it's Gary Neville. And then Ooh. you can decide whether it's Trent or or Laura. Walker is is definitely in there, and Trent is in there. Mm-hmm. There aren't that many Trent's good ones, fair. are there? Yeah, yeah. Well, it Trent's depends. Do you want more defensive, or do you want more attacking? Right? Because now the fullback thing is an issue. If he the best mix of both, even though he doesn't have the numbers, is Kyle Walker. He doesn't have attacking numbers, but he's an attacking threat. Let's put it that way. And he's a brilliant defender. Gary Neville just a competent football player. End of story. <laughs> and yeah. then Trent is the dazzling attacker of them, in a sense. And then Laurent was just... I don't know what he did, but I liked him. I, I just... I don't know. I just liked Everything. Laurent. He's yeah, just Laurent a midfielder playing at right back. He was he was brilliant. And he was the penalty taker for ages, which was kind of a novel thing. 
he and he was like, part of that Arsenal like, team that was physically imposing. They were all mm-hmm. so big, and Laurent was that right? Exactly. Back? He he looks like a wall. I think that's yeah. enough for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's probably it. I mean, you know, tweet us if we're missing any any absolute stud right backs, but I can't really think of many. Our leg, Stephen Carr. Stephen Carr, what a whip it. <laughs> um. Not Wes yeah. Brown. I, I just don't want to say Wes Brown, but you know he did so much in that one or two seasons period. <laughs> he, he, he was, was involved. More of a center back who played right back, just because. So you don't have to. That say is that. true. You don't. Uh... As yeah, Pilaqueta right, yeah. deserves deserves to be in the conversation. I think that's fair. Victor Moses Johnson? for that one year. Glenn Johnson. <laughs> Victor yeah. Moses for that one season under contract. He was a oh, right back. That's unbelievable. Like right wing back striker, midfielder, forward. I don't know what. Oh, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, because they were doing the wing backs. Yeah, yeah, the three-five-two yeah. or whatever. Speaking mm-hmm. of which, sorry, just to go back to Chelsea just for a second. Apparently, amongst the candidates that they are going to speak to about the vacant job is Antonio Conte, which is absolutely hysterical. Oh, Imagine. Bully, 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 bully. No, 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 no. It, it has to be Luis Enrique. Just read, open the PowerPoint. Just open, download the file. <laughs> open it. <laughs> That's all you need to do. Uh, man, speaking of, uh, of Antonio Conte and mad decisions that clubs make, um, Spurs sacked him and then immediately put his right-hand man in charge. Um, and then in their next game, they played with Antonio Conte's tactics, Antonio's Con- Antonio Conte's lineup, and Antonio Conte's standard substitutions, and lost. Or Did drew. They lose or draw? They drew. Sorry, from a winning position one. against ten men. Yes. I mean, and then, the, the the stupidity of the situation is is beyond belief. If there's ever a team that needs a caretaker match, <laughs> it was it was a bit unlucky. Because uh, Michael Keane's strike was an unbelievable strike. And Everton are capable of these last-minute strikes at home. Yes, we've seen Phil Jagielka. It was about 10 years ago. Famously. That's the one, that's the one that came to mind when I, when yeah. I saw yeah, no, uh, you know, their centre-back blast another one in. So. Say, say his full name. It's okay. You're alive. <laughs> Phil, Phil Jagielka. Oh, yeah, Phil, Phil, right. not Philip, not Philbert. Philip, <laughs> it, could, it could be. We just Philip, don't know that yet. Philip, Philbert, Jagielka. Um, Philbert. Yeah. So, like, it was a t- little bit unlucky in that. Yeah, Michael Keane probably wouldn't do that ninety-nine times out of a hundred. On the other hand, you've got eleven men. Everton, like relegation candidates, Everton have ten, and you're sitting in a deep block in front of your goal, just like waiting for them to score. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. It was just so stupid. Um, and I feel like if you're trying to get a little manager bounce, as we've talked about earlier, for the re- for the last 10 games of the season, don't give them the guy that's going to do exactly the same thing as the guy you just sacked. doesn't make any sense. Like, at least let Ryan Mason, you know, do do a cheap Pochettino impression or something. Well, I, th- I think part of the problem was, so I was listening to, I don't know which one of the podcasts, but one of them. One of the other uh, other mm. podcasts, I know. I know, I know, I shouldn't, I shouldn't, but I did. And they were saying that <laughs> the board wasn't actually sure whether they should sack Conte or not because they thought we're, they're still in with a reasonable chance of top four. Let's just right. muddy our way through the season. 
and then just just get through it. So, but apparently it took them 10 days between when he said whatever crazy comments he said to sack him because they were unsure whether to sack him or how to ensure continuity. And this was their idea of saying, it's shit, but it's not like fully shit that we might still mm-hmm. squeak top four. So let's just keep the system, just get rid of the head of it, <laughs> effectively. Yep. And yep. I don't know if that works with the players because it's like, well, he's gone, but they're still here and it's shit, but we're not shit. Like, make up your minds what our situation is. To me, that just pushes Harry Kane further out the door because it's an organization that Maybe. clearly does not work unless he's dumber than we think with a worse agent than we think, which when I say it out loud, might be true. Mm-hmm. I'm not even sure it matters whether he's dumb or whether his agent is shit. I just don't, like the power is not in his hands right now. He he's just unquestionably worth more to them on the pitch than he is the 60 or 70 million that someone might offer, probably United, offer this summer. Like, it just doesn't make any sense for them. For them, you keep him, he'll score 25 goals next season, and you you remain in with a chance of getting him to sign a new contract, depending on how next season goes. You sell him now, and like, that you you end up spending that 60 70 million on god knows what and then he's just gone like your yeah. greatest ever so, player i just don't think they'll sell him it's so true Sorry, like he is ahead. he he is tottenham no that's all i was really going to add to that alex's point he covered everything but yeah if, if tottenham don't have kane all they have left is son and that's it and they're not going to buy another kane they can sell kane but they're not going to be able to buy another kane you know so mm-hmm. that's I, all I, I think they're in a very dangerous situation right now in that he's worth 80 million right now, as is you can get 80 million. You are a billion pounds in debt because of the stadium. And part of why they wanted a continuous Champions League football and B trophies, because trophies gives you notoriety, which gets you sponsorships and all the other things you get into a certain league of club, like the super league that they want to get into by winning things and or remaining in the Champions League. They're in a precarious situation where they may or may not make the Champions League. Newcastle continue playing well. Manchester United just pull their finger out a little bit, just a little bit. They're not in it. And then what? You lose Harry Kane for free? Like, because he won't sign. I guarantee you. Like, he's not signing a new contract. Again, unless he's stupid. But I don't think he's that stupid. So get rid now. Go sign Gonzalo Ramos from Benfica or something. Figure your shit out. Or sign Ivan Tony once his betting, you know, thing is no, his no, 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 no. or <laughs> his ban is over. I don't care what it is. Do something else. And then regroup. Because the other thing that people have been saying is Tottenham needs to understand and figure out who they are. Like mm-hmm. what are you? Are you elite or are you trying to figure out how to be elite? If you're trying to figure it out. Get rid of Harry Kane, get some money, regroup, retool, and actually come up with a strategy. Because right now, what they're doing is not a strategy. It's just Harry Kane papering over the cracks, which you cannot continue to do as a football club. But I think you can have both, at least for a little bit. At least for a year as you transition into actually having a strategy, if they can manage to put one together. Probably helpful to have a 25-goal striker on on the pitch. The, The same club that gave you... Jose Mourinho and Antonio Conte is not the, the club that I would think has a definitive strategy. 
on how to figure it, especially when now their sporting director is under investigation and might go to jail. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. I mean, that's incredible stuff. That really is incredible. They he, they released a video with him, and he was like in a hotel, and like and it just looked like he was on the run. Like it was low res. It was it was very funny. Anyway, um, across North London, there's very little to say about Arsenal because they're just so bloody good. Just steamrolled Leeds, just just trotting to the title. I mean, nothing's getting in their way. Yeah, on, Arsenal look great. <laughs> what can we say? <laughs> Arsenal has been fairly, I mean, Alex has been fairly confident about Arsenal for a while now. It's been at least two months. Basically all season, to be honest, since, since the <laughs> start of it. It's, when, it's okay, just when did it really set in? I honestly couldn't tell you. I just like, I think probably after the first like 10 or 11 games, the combination <laughs> of Arsenal being so good and City looking so weird... Um, and everyone else falling off made me extremely confident because Arsenal have been brilliant, but also City haven't quite been themselves despite Haaland scoring millions of goals and no one else has been any good. So I still yeah. think that it's, go- it's coming down to uh, City away and Newcastle away. City away and Newcastle away especially this version of Newcastle. Listen, I am so impressed by your level of faith in your team. You know, it's but an eight-point lead, right? With a game in hand. Eh. So, like, really five. Because Who I'm just not next? confident. I don't know. All, all I know is... I think Arsenal are playing play. Liverpool. Yeah, but they'll beat the shot at Liverpool. Come on, we know this. Like, as long as you just put Martinelli on Trent and don't do what we did with Rashford as center, you'll we'll be fine. But, well, are, like, are they playing at Anfield or are they playing at... Uh... Anfield. Oh, So they're playing well, at you know Anfield. What? Yeah. Go, go ahead. No, that's all I was going to say. Go ahead. If if Liverpool are going to save their season, it has to start someday. <laughs> we thought it wasn't 7-0, but they it's haven't won yet. They haven't won since then, so I have no confidence in them. It's to me, it's the liberal, it's the Man City away game at the Etihad. It's Newcastle at St James's Park, and I mean they'll beat the shot at Chelsea. But there's also <laughs> Brighton, and then there's yeah, that's about it. I was gonna say Nottingham Forest, but you'll beat the shot at them. So Brighton, Brighton are good. Brighton had yeah. the number, and then it's those <laughs> other two teams. I'm not, I can't again. I cannot confidently say that you won't drop six points. You really, really can. You really can. But but let's see. I don't know. I've just not seen anything. I like on on paper. I take the point. Obviously, those are difficult games. But there's just been nothing. There's been no evidence this season from any of the games that Arsenal have played. Really, that they'll go into those big games and be scared of them, or or not come out with at least a draw. But you lose the city. We know this. You'll you'll drop three Maybe. points there. Maybe. And then and then it's the question is. Do you have the cojones? Which you might. I mean, you've proven it time and time again in season that you can come back from a defeat, but you did lose to City and then lose to Everton or something like that. So you City can't City lost in the that cup, game. though. No, they beat they beat you in the league. In the in the league and the cup, actually. Oh, was it? Yeah. Yeah, it was three one yeah, at the Emirates. Mm. Yep, that was a Tomiyasu okay. mess up, and then 
Ah, uh, yes, 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 yes. The De Bruyne lob. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. Anyway. Let's see. Um, Roche, our our guys won a, a football match and scored a goal for the first time in a while. Yeah, it was uh, it was an interesting watch, to be honest. I mean, not too convincing. Was that? I said no. It wasn't interesting at all. <laughs> it wasn't. Yeah, I mean. It it was interestingly uninteresting. Like, how can you describe it? There was one nice moment where Anthony Sabitzer and Rashford linked up for the goal, which was very taken fin- well taken finish. And aside from that, there was a lot of trying to pick the lock and failing. And I mean, it just ended one nil after that first half goal, like midway through the first half. So, uh, yeah, they didn't lose two nil. They didn't lose seven nil. They got three points. You know, maybe this is just a good a step in the right direction. Do you guys want to yeah, keep Sabitzer? I mean... Yes I... and no. Go ahead. Not... <laughs> I want Bernie to go into more detail for that first. I, 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 yes and no. I, I like his endeavor, but I don't think he's better than Fred. Like, now that I've seen him up close and personal, he's further proof to me that there's this foreign player bias, like, outside the Premier League. He's just not better than Fred. He's just not. And... But is he useful? I think he gives you a 6.5 out of 10 every game, which mm. can be useful in certain circumstances. So if it's like a 15 million pound deal, I'm okay with that. I'm very okay with that in that in that context for squad depth because you actually need more than just Ericsson, Casemiro, and Fred considering United will sell this summer and I think McTominay is going to Newcastle. And based on the performance today, McTominay was the best player on the pitch, by the way. And he's been scoring like goals for like the last two weeks i don't understand so you can get 30 million from metomine and then go get another midfielder and sabitzer i'm okay with that strategically but sabitzer on his own he's okay he's nothing special at all he's got an annoying face he's got a little uh barista face for sure uh yeah <laughs> and, and you know what I, I agree with bernie i think bernie's made some good points especially about value um i do think he is also a squad player he's an option mm-hmm. um but if united are going to play like 65 games a season or whatever whatever it is then they they should have a player of sabitzer's quality um whether he's better than fred or not i mean i actually never thought about comparing the two because one's right-footed and one's left-footed. I just think that Sabitzer is a versatile squad player who can play in a number of areas in that midfield to attacking midfield role. So we definitely need him now when Ericsson and Casemiro are out. So he's coming in use. He's Sabit part player. <laughs> oh, no, wow. I don't know, man. That was a stretch. Wow. Yep. Wow. Yep, yep, yep. Wow. Yep, yep, yep. Um, so here's my next question. You're going to make the Champions League... But are you actually ready for it? You know what I mean? It, like, part of me to, thinks to, to what? United to have to been significantly what? better just to, like, be in it with any kind of, you know, to be at, you know, some teams make the Champions League, but they're not at the level that you need to be to be in it, right? Like, it's mm-hmm. very it's very clear. Some teams get into the Champions League and, and look comfortable, right? Even if you don't go on to win it, you can look comfortable. You can make it out of the group without, you know, falling down a trap are united there a little bit early because everyone else has been terrible this season um i think there was a stretch of the season where united were very very good 
most mostly post Ronaldo until March. They were very, very good. Post Ronaldo um, bounce. Yeah. Yeah, it's exactly. Um, very high bounce. Um, but I don't think United have been overly very good this season. I don't think much like you you guys know, I've said I say this almost every week. If you compare it to 2019, 20, 20, 2020, 2021, this team is not better than that team. It's just not. The team that came second, they're not better than them. They're not playing any better than them. They're playing a lower defensive line. They're pressing less. They're scoring less, conceding more. In every measurable metric, they're not as good. What, what people are measuring them against is a calamity of the previous season, which I don't mm. think you should do because whenever teams have a horrible season, like, say, a Liverpool a couple of years ago, you don't compare the, 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 the development of a team against its lowest point. You say, how sure. high have you gone from when you were, like, where you were before? And they're just, they've actually regressed in some sense. This is a new manager in his first season, and that's fine for that. But this transformative thing that people have put on this team, it's not. Varane is trash. Delo is trash. Uh, what's his name? Fred is okay. Casemiro is good. Anthony is trash. Like, Vegos is trash. Like, Casemiro is like, ew, the I team can't function without him. <laughs> De Gea is trash. Like, Sancho is going through things. Martial is, I don't know what. Like, there are so many problems, and you would have thought that spending 200 plus million solves those problems. But yeah. again, not when you spend half of it on Anthony. Like, come on. It's yeah. a terrible yeah. decision. So, those are some question, excellent points. You cannot be good in the Champions League if Anthony's your starting right winger and you have all the issues I just mentioned. I, pref- I would prefer if they were what they used to be, which is, you know, these little upstarts or whatever who are overachieving, like when they beat PSG, beat Leipzig, and you thought, oh, they're going to get out of this group, when they shouldn't have. That's fun to me. But now you spent $200 million, Where are you going? <laughs> like, mm. and you still this shit? You don't? Are you going to spend $200 million again? Yes. New owners better come in quickly then if that's the case, because otherwise they can't do it. Mm, yeah. Are you sure? They might do it anyway. Well, there's, there's a there's number a of points. Analysis. Sorry, one more point, Richard. There's deep analysis of the finance yeah. of United, and they have to sell. They really have to sell if unless okay. or new owners have to come in. So, sorry, go ahead, Rishi. No, I was going like Bernie had a number of points. This team is imbalanced in certain areas of the pitch, and even in its ownership model right now, it's in the middle of a takeover. You don't know whether there's you know how much money there's going to be after they are purchased, you know, whenever they are. But in terms of are they ready for the Champions League next season? The answer for me is an obvious no, based purely on results. If you look at um, the number of losses that they've had this season, they've had six out of their seven league losses against teams in the top 10 that currently include Brentford, Villa, Newcastle. They've lost to City. They've lost to Arsenal. They've lost to Liverpool. They've got battered by these teams in some cases. And so in Europe, where home and away, there's an extreme polarity to the home and away advantage, especially on the continent, I don't think this team is ready. And I think they might even embarrass themselves if they go in the way they are right now. They might lose the first leg. You know, if they win the first leg 1-0, for example, they might lose the second leg 5-0, 6-0. You never know what's going to happen with this team. But uh, I'll add that that. a lot of people people said that beating Barcelona was a big deal. And Alex, remember I came on here and was very grinchy about it? I do remember that. You were like, don't be grinchy. Because I said, 
Barcelona are actually not very good. And people said, oh, they beat the best team in Spain and then they, they beat made them look silly in their home patch. So what? Like, the United were not playing well, even in that in that state. And I called it mm. and look what's happened since. They're, they're not ready. They're, they're, maybe they will be, but with another season with this guy. But right now, you might make a group because of coefficients and get out the group and then go face like Real Madrid and get embarrassed. Like, no. All right. Um, I'm giving you 200 million to spend. I'm giving each of you one player to buy. Who are you buying? That means I have to spend 200 million on one player? No, you have to spend 100. Well, between the two of you, you're spending 200 million. Oh, I see. Um, <laughs> okay. Wait, two players. Two players. Bernie, there's an answer for this question. Remember uh, the blank check question after the 2011 Champions League final that was asked to Sir Alex Ferguson? And he said, what did he say? This is the stupidest question anyone has ever asked because <laughs> it was so obviously tailored to you should sign Messi. here's a blank check but and instead he went and signed ashley young and anderson oh <laughs> <laughs> um, man um okay Rochelle, let, let's do this properly okay yes i'm gonna go with 120 million for awesome and then you can do the rest of the 80 <laughs> okay well you, you know, if you went for that Harry Kane 80, you'd save 20 there. And then we can spend... <laughs> we Honestly, I, you know, with, without like necessarily having a player in mind, if you think about squad balance right now, I think United need more, um, especially in, in defense. I think there's some players that are on their way out, especially at right back, for example. So I would look for some balance over there. Um and in an attack, like as you know, like up top, Anthony Martial probably on his way out as well. I would replace him. So obviously, you know, you're talking Osimhen, talking maybe Harry Kane. That's one position, maybe one player. That's one purchase. A second purchase, I would go somewhere in the defense. We have enough midfielders mm-hmm. right now. I, Is there I, a right I, back I good enough? enough? Go on. Listen, you don't need to sign a new right back. Like, just someone write to Ten Hag and say, "Use your fucking brain." Like you've been playing really well with Wambasaka, you made a big charge with Wambasaka and the load. I don't like him. Whatever, it's fine. What you need to do is go eighty million. Rochelle, I'll give you this: eighty million Harry Kane, and then you can get Declan Rice for sixty million, and then keep the change for the debt. How about that? <laughs> a Declan double Rice pivot Cashmere on Declan Rice is a fucking wall, bro. Yeah, <laughs> out. Declan Rice in. That's a, that's no. an interesting midfield. Homegrown quota is remains the same. Mm-hmm. That's actually yeah. a big deal Do as it. well. Yeah, yeah, that's very smart. I also think I don't know where I was going. With that yeah, those are, those are good choices. I mean, I've been using United and FIFA to be to be quite honest with you. There are some glaring gaps in the tactics. I think United are kind of one dimensional right now with a four two three one that they've been using. They they're not using a four four two diamond. They don't have the players to fit in that system. They don't have versatility. Aren't you in control of the tactics? Of course. I mean, yeah, of course I am. But like the only one that really fits is the default four two three one or four five one. Really trying to say? Was really trying to say that your shit FM is what he was trying to say. But oh, I see. Okay. Take, you need to take Alex on an FM and put him in his place. <laughs> no, fight, 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 fight. <laughs> this is this is. Uh, we should really do this. I mean, it's it, last time we did this all together was FM fifteen. So, 
I think yeah, that time. was the last time. That was the last time we had time. <laughs> challenge, challenge accepted. I think FM will be my my next project. Why don't we do this instead of trivia? Since like Alex is like social distancing beyond belief, um, why don't we do a, a like a FM network game with like all our subscribers who want to pull in, chip in fifteen bucks a head. <laughs> Do you know how long network games take? We're Champions League dominance. Let's all pitch. Everyone to pitch in. <laughs> I instead of that because it will never happen. How about this? Right, everyone starts a United save in their own time, and then we just monitor the progress as and when, and see who's the better United manager. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, sure. God. No, I don't. Well, I'll sell. Also, the first person to sell Anthony, the fastest person to sell Anthony, gets it. <laughs> That's actually a good question. Who would you sell first? <laughs> Anthony. Anthony Martial or Anthony Anthony? Mm. Anthony Anthony. Martial's part of the furniture at this point, so whatever. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't matter. All right. We're over an hour. That will probably do, lads. Roche, thank you very much. Thanks for having me, and nice to be back. See you guys. Bernie, thank you very much. Good to see you again, Roche. You too, Bernie. And Alex. <laughs> Cheers, Alex. <laughs> I will Cheers. chat more nonsense soon. Bye. Bye, Alex. <laughs>